It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Hello, Cubs fans. My name is Sean Sears, and I will be filling in on today's Thursday episode of the Locked on Cubs podcast. Of course, Ryan Davis has been out this week, so we've been filling in. This is the second episode I've covered for him. I went ahead and covered one on Monday, and then we had uh, Matt LaCasse cover on Tuesday, and then yesterday it was Brendan Miller from uh, Cubs Insider. So I'll be rounding out today's uh, last fill-in podcast of the, uh, the four of them here, and then Ryan will be back tomorrow with uh, hopefully some Brewers talk about the Cubs. So be happy to get Ryan back, I'm sure. But uh, you're stuck with me today, unfortunately. So um, <laughs> just kidding. We're gonna today's show. We're gonna kind of jump into. I want to talk a little bit about the Cubs' offense. It'll be a quicker episode today, just because with the postponed game and the day off, there isn't much to talk about. But I kind of want to point out some things on the offensive end. Um, in the second segment, I'm gonna kind of jump to the bullpen, kind of discuss what is going on with that, and some of the things I like, and some of the things I'm looking forward to being Brandon Morrow. Hopefully, we see more of him in this Brewer series, and then I'm gonna kind of go through some of the matchups of the Brewers. Uh, in that final segment, and then we'll kind of wrap up the show. So like I said, quick episode, just kind of get you out there and get you ready for this Brewer series. So uh, to start the segment, start this podcast here, um, the Cubs offense, we are all very aware, uh, clearly did not score runs. We all think it's really, really funny to keep pointing out how they didn't score runs this week with the one game. Um, <laughs> the Cubs offense has struggled, clearly, uh, to push runs across. But kind of looking at the numbers, and Brendan Miller kind of dived into this a little bit in yesterday's episode, Um the Cubs offense hasn't necessarily been terrible. Um, Chris Bryant, clearly one of the only guys hitting in that lineup. But when you take Chris Bryant out, the Cubs are batting 163. Um, their on-base percentage drops about 40 points. You know, no one really else is really kind of starting. But we're kind of comparing, you know, the big thing was all these strikeouts the Cubs are um, accumulating over these six games here, or five games technically, or six now, I guess. But um, kind of going over what has been going on with this Cubs team on the at the plate, they're striking out a ton. Uh, as we're seeing here right now, there's guys like, I believe, Ian Happ is striking out 55.6% of his at-bats. Wilson Contreras is at 36%. The only people that are below 25% right now are Chris Bryant, Addison Russell, and uh, Anthony Rizzo, I believe. Yeah, He's at 22.6%. Bryant's striking out 18.5%. And Addison Russell is striking out below 10% at 8.7% at-bats. That's pretty good. Addison Russell's looked pretty solid. Um, so far to start the season, and hopefully those are trends that continue. But you know, to be perfectly honest, the Cubs are a strikeout team. They strike out a lot. They're going to continue to strike out right now. They're striking out as a team about 25% of the time. Last year, it was 22% of the time they finished out at. Um, but looking at the 2017 numbers, we get the exact statistic. 22.3% of at-bats, according to Fangraphs. Um, they were at about 25.8 so far this year. Right, 25.3 numbers, right? But anyways... Um, they're striking out a lot. But the big thing to kind of look at here, too, is the Cubs are still hitting the ball hard. They're still putting the ball, you know, 
in play to an extent, they're just not necessarily getting these hits in moments when they need to score runs or when runners are in scoring position. Um, it's kind of like that clutch factor, I guess, necessarily people want to kind of put that value into a game that doesn't really produce that stat um but you know the Cubs haven't necessarily been clutch I guess you could say when it comes to scoring positions uh runners in scoring position but looking at this team itself uh beyond uh, the balls batted or the batting average of balls and plays their bad bit right now uh for 2007 or 2018 is at two point or 0.261 so they're batting 261 with uh, on balls in play right now last year it was 302 so that's about 40 percent you know, increase. And the Cubs did put the ball in play last year. Usually good things happen. So far, that hasn't been the case. This seems like a very, very, well, of course, we're, we're just grasping at some sample sizes here, like I pointed out in Monday's episode. Um, but kind of looking at this, I mean, this isn't a trend that's going to stick around. The Cubs are going to eventually put balls in play, and eventually they're going to find ways through. It's just going to keep happening. It's not like, you know, teams are figured out the Cubs and they're exaggerating shifting everyone or like, you know, these are line drive balls, balls that got teed up. I mean, Ben Zobers has clubbed a couple balls that looked great. Kyle Schrober just barely missed a home run. Same with Javier Baez. There's a bunch of balls that have been, you know, maybe in a different ballpark and a different setting. That ball's out or that ball's over someone's head or that ball falls into a gap. It's going to happen. The law of averages, I feel like, is on the Cubs side in this situation. Um, so when it comes to the offensive side of the ball, I, I really feel like we just kind of got to chill as Cubs fans because this team is good this is a really really good offense this is a historically very good Cubs team as Brendan Miller pointed out in yesterday's episode this team is incredible and we as Cubs fans are just such pessimistic fans it seems like we grasp onto these things and just instead of being hurt by them we just yell at them it feels like to me sometimes and I don't know if that's necessarily the right reaction you're entitled to react in any way possible I guess do whatever you'd like to do but just in my personal experience we're overreacting to stuff that, you know, in a month from now could be nothing. So um, that's kind of all I have offensively. Uh, I expect Anthony Rizzo, Wilson Contreras, these guys to kind of pull together. I'll kind of go over some of their splits against some of these pitchers. It's it's impre- it's not, not impressive, but it's encouraging that the Cubs could have a pretty good series against this Brewers, and they kind of need to um, just because early in the season these division games could – you know, you can't win a division, of course, in April, but you can definitely lose one. And if the Cubs kind of drop some of these games against the Brewers, who look like probably the front runners to really kind of push for this division, um, that could hurt them down the road. So they need to split. The, they need to get two out of three, I think. And we'll talk about that as we get to the third segment. So this Locked On podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found. Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Moving on to the bullpen. The bullpen has been, in this small sample size, of course, pretty good. It's only given up two runs all year. They're leading the league right now in bullpen ERA, 0.69. I'll pause for your nice joke. Um, 
they've been good. They've been, they've been pretty good. They're striking out just under eight batters per nine innings right now. They aren't walking as many bat- walking as many guys as they've been so far. Um, the only thing I'm kind of wanting to see that we haven't really is Brandon Morrow. We saw him in that one game in extra innings. Um, Marlins hit that walk off, and you know it's done. He saw one batter. He saw Miguel Rojas. I'm interested to see what Morrow can do in these closer situations. I'm hoping that some of these Brewers games are tight-knit and close to the point where we can see Morrow in high-leverage situations and kind of get a grasp and feel of what he does in those moments. Um, that was something when we traded for Wade Davis and even when we acquired, uh, we, I say, the Cubs, the Cubs acquired, or all this Chapman and Wade Davis. Those are things I personally was looking for, just kind of seeing what those guys do in those moments and how they operate, just so I as you know, a person that loves baseball and loves watching the Cubs and whatnot, I, I love, I, I'm super fascinated by the idea of a closer coming in there, wanting that moment, thriving on the adrenaline. That's the guy you want there. And I, I, I don't know if Brandon Morrow is necessarily that guy. I've never felt like he's a high-intensity guy, but yeah, I guess you don't have to be amped up to feel that moment and understand you know, the intensity that's going through you in that moment or through your team, I guess, in that moment. Um, so I'm excited to see what Morrow can do on the mound. I, I hope we can get some good chances here, of course. Um, the Brewers should play the Cubs pretty tough. They did last year. Um, this is a pretty good Brewers team. Their starting pitching isn't fantastic, but it's not bad. Their bullpen is not terrible, but not, you know, fantastic either. Kind of in the middle of whatnot. They've got some good bats. Matt Albert's a guy that kind of struggled with the Cubs here a little bit. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here. But, um, you know, this feels like a game that I'm excited to see what the what the Cubs bullpen can actually do because, you know, for the most part, they kind of came up in mop-up roles. And I point out Steve Cichak, um played great in the couple moments he had against the Marlins this year. Uh, I think C.J. Edwards has looked good. Justin Wilson looks like a guy that can do some things finally, and hopefully that stays that way. I'm excited about this bullpen. I, I think everyone should be. Brian Dunson's looked solid so far. So um, I'm, I'm really encouraged by what I've seen so far. Um, the starters, of course, as we've talked about, had sort of a lackluster first run through everything. I thought Tyler Chatwood was interesting, but he still struggled to get control of his pitches, walking six, only striking out four. Um, that's an issue, clearly. So hopefully the Cubs can kind of take that next step and do what they need to do um, to kind of, you know, pull it all together. That's kind of what it feels like. Because right now, I, I feel like a lot of people are feeling like the, the sky's falling. And sure, the Cubs are off to a bad start, and I don't think anyone necessarily wanted any of this i don't think any team wants to start out slow clearly um but you know as a team that's still projected to probably be the best team in the national league it has every chance in the world right now to get all the way to the AL, the nl central or the nl nl championship series and then as well to the world series you know this is a team that's going to figure it out they're a group of winners and i think that's something we kind of lose sight of sometimes this team is very very good and since joe madden has gotten here and since the cubs have got their actual core here they've done nothing but win games and be one of the best teams in baseball. So why are we not giving them the benefit of the doubt right now after you know a slow first five games out of the gate here? I don't really get it. The nice thing is, though, one of the biggest concerns that I had for this team coming the year was kind of their bullpen. Um, I thought it looked good on paper, um, but I thought the same thing last year. And as the postseason came across, or came to, they just didn't necessarily execute like I thought. So um, I'm interested to see some tight contested high leverage situations to get Brandon Moros, to get the CJ Edwards, to get the Pedro Stropes out there and see what they can do. And I think this is going to be a series where we see that. So I'm excited for that. 
All right, now before we get to these uh, these three Brewer Series games here in Milwaukee, I kind of want to look over the uh, actual NL Central so far. The Pirates are at the top of this division right now at 4-1. and one. They did just lose a game today here, I believe. Let me take a look here. I believe it was to the Twins. They lost yesterday 7-3 to the Twins. And then, of course, the Cardinals beat the Brewers yesterday uh, 6-0. So right now the division looks like this. With the Pirates sitting at the top at 4-1, and one, the Brewers are 4-2. and two. The Cardinals will leapfrog the Cubs for the moment and will be three and three. Cubs two and three, and the Reds will stay at one and three. Um, so, basically, a series against Milwaukee, a good series if they end up sweeping, and you know, Pirates and Car. I guess mainly just the Pirates. If the Pirates lose a game or two, the Cubs are in first place or tied for first place right now. You know, now all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, right. They're they're five and they're five and three. <laughs> this isn't as bad as we thought it was, right? Exactly. You see how I'm already making you feel better? See how I do this for you people? I'm such a nice guy. Anyways, um, <laughs> taking a look at this series, though, against Milwaukee, uh, we've got three pretty good matchups here. The Cubs are going to start out the day um, going up against Brandon Woodruff, who is, um, I believe, if Matt Lacasse was correct here, uh, he talked about the MLB pipeline ranking Brandon Woodruff as their third overall prospect. He's okay. Nothing fantastic so far. Uh, had about... I think 43 innings in uh, 2017. Uh, struck out about half as many guys as he walked, or sorry, walked about half as many guys as he strikes out. Um, isn't fantastic. Had a no decision against the Cubs last year. Uh, went five innings, gave up four runs, walked three, struck out four. Mm, you know, just kind of another guy. People forget a lot of times that the Brewers had one of the best. Uh, I believe they might have had the best ERA in starting pitching last year. Um, this group isn't the same group. Brandon Woodruff looks like he could be a pretty solid pitcher at some point, but I don't think he's anyone the Cubs are necessarily worried about. Um, so that'll be a good series. Uh, I'm excited for that matchup. Of course, it's going to be, I believe, Kyle Hendricks going up against Brandon Woodruff. So that'll be fun. Um, but, you know, it, just one of those things, uh, you know, it, it very well should probably be an easy win for the Cubs. Um, when it comes to the pitch up, or the pitching matchups, you know, the Cubs clearly, Kyle Hendricks is a lot better than Brandon Woodruff, and clearly they have the advantage on the mound, but the Cubs have clearly had the advantage in every game they've played so far on paper, and that has not come out that way. So the Cubs have to execute, and it just comes down to them in the moments where they do have the runners on base, they've got to make those, those, just whatever it is, they've got to make that play. They've got to put the ball in play. They've got to get it across the shift. They've got to put a bunt down, whatever it may be, steal a base. Cubs have to kind of do these things to kind of jumpstart where they're going. Because if they're going to sit back and rely on, you know, long power home runs, if they're just going to lean so heavily on this power hitting that they do have throughout their lineup, it's not going to work out. So um, the next game, of course, is going to be Hugh Darvish against Zach Davies. Davies is a guy, uh, he's he's okay. He's not anyone. I mean, there's no one in this Brewers rotation that really is anything to really write home about, to be perfectly honest. Uh, Davies, in his first start of the year, got kind of lit up. He went about five and two-thirds innings, gave up six runs, uh, allowed one home run, didn't walk anyone, had six strikeouts, was kind of cruising for a bit, and then all of a sudden gave up eight runs and just got annihilated. Um, so uh, he had a pretty bad outing, and so the Cubs are hoping that maybe another one comes out here. But last year, Davies had a pretty solid season, uh, 390 ERA, uh, pitched just under 200 innings, uh, only 124 strikeouts. Not fantastic. Uh, Caper nine of 5.8. He's not going to blow anything by you guys or by anyone here. He's looking for inducing weak contact and hoping the Cubs kind of keep 
smacking balls down to the ground. So he's a guy that, you know, if the Cubs are patient enough, can probably find a mistake and, you know, take it out of the park. And then the next guy is Chase Anderson, uh, a guy that I actually kind of like. I, I think he's pretty solid. He's a pitcher that uh, I think he's gone. He went up against the Cubs twice last year, won the first matchup, lost the second one, has gone, won five innings the first one, won six innings the next one, uh, has the ability to, he can mow some guys down. The Cubs struck out eight times the last time they saw him in April, or excuse me, April, August uh, of last year. And he's got the ability to where he can kind of, when he's in the when he's in that right moment, he can go and just mow some guys down. It's it's not even a not even a question. The guy's got talent. Um, that being said, still not a guy that I don't think the Cubs can hit. Uh, they should be able to hit all these guys, to be perfectly honest. Uh, and his one start today or one start this year, he did go ten innings. That makes no sense. He's had two starts. Sorry, <laughs> his one start. Jeez, uh, he's gone. He's gone about roughly about five innings in each one of his games. Uh, he's given up. Only four runs. He's got an ERA 360. Uh, he looks okay. He's not a guy. So far, he's got 11 strikeouts. He'll, he can mull some guys down like I was talking about, but he's not anyone the Cubs should be necessarily worried about. Um, I'm more concerned about the, the Brewers' bats, to be perfectly honest. Um, I'm more concerned about what the Cubs' pitching is going to be able to do to make sure that the Brewers aren't going and just mashing baseballs. Uh, right now, Travis Shaw, Christian Yelich, and Lorenzo Cain are all extremely hot right now. Um Kane and Yelich are OPSing over a thousand. Uh, Shaw is at nine thirty-seven. Uh, between them, they have fourteen RBIs and I mean just two home runs. I guess not nothing crazy there, but uh, they're hitting with a lot of power, driving in runs, getting on base. Uh, Jonathan VR has been better and looks like he's going to kind of push his way into into things here. Ryan Braun has kind of been essentially garbage Eric Thames and his uh, ability to get on base via walking or whatnot is something that I, I'm, I'm necessarily I'm kind of concerned about the Brewers have guys that get on base a good amount and the Cubs aren't necessarily doing that if their pitching is going to be subpar and the offense is still going to kind of be finding itself this could be a really rough series quickly the good news is for the Cubs is the bullpen has been great and if they do have to yank some of these starters out as much as it sucks to to bleed out your relievers early in the season they do have that and I do think this might be a moment where Joe Excuse me, Joe Madden might lean towards his bullpen more so than his starters, but you know at the same time it's so early. You gotta let these guys kind of feel themselves out. Um, I don't know. I uh, if I had to guess with the way the Cubs are playing right now, I can see them losing two or three. Um, I'm hoping they win two or three. That would be ideal here, of course. But the Brewers do have some offensive firepower right now. They've got guys that are getting on base and guys that are driving people in. The Cubs don't really have either one of those on a consistent basis. So um, maybe the luck changed and the trends kind of flip here and the Cubs are able to find themselves and clobber some baseballs. They do like hitting in Miller Park. They always have. They always come away with a couple big, massive home runs. And Jason Hayward likes to steal home runs in Miller Park, so maybe we see some of that. But right now, I think the Cubs are a team that might kind of need more time to figure out themselves. And at least on the pitching front, offensively, they're kind of struggling. But... The biggest takeaway for the Cubs right now is they're still they're still walking as much as they have before. The strikeouts are an issue, but you know you compile the strikeouts with some of the hits that they would actually get if you bump that BABIP up to the 300 level, like we're used to seeing the Cubs hit at when they put the ball in play. We'll probably see more runs. We're probably seeing better averages. We're probably seeing more guys get on base because of that. Um, it's going to start falling in the Cubs' direction. I'm very confident about that, and you should be too. So, um, of course, my name is Sean Sears. I appreciate you guys tuning in on these two episodes. It's been awesome hosting these sh- this podcast. It's been a ton of fun. Uh, 
thanks again to Ryan for letting me do that. If you want to follow me on Twitter, my name at Twitter is at Sean R. Sears. You can follow my podcast at 312 at 312 pod. That's 312 POD. Um, you can catch me live this Saturday on 1590 WCGO in the Chicagoland area, and as well as the 1590 WCGO Facebook page. We'll be on Twitter sharing the video, trying to look into maybe Periscope or something like that. But beyond that, thanks again for listening, guys. And of course, go Cubbies. And if you're there opening day uh, this coming Monday, I will be there too. You should tweet at me, and I will, as long as I'm not poor enough, I will buy you a beer. So um, you should do that. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and uh, go Cubbies. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.